distance, boss fights lead tower. We are tracking you. Head for bay 35. Over. Copy that. Locked in for 35. Welcome to the Docking Bay 35 podcast. We are but a humble hanger out on the desert planet of Tatooine. Welcome to Transmission 9. And I'm your host, Vinny. And I am Sharon. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Uh, so, Sharon, what are we covering today? Well, Vinny, we're going to be covering um, episode the uh, episode 13 of the Clone Wars 3D animated television show. Um, just a warning out there, there will be spoilers. Um, it will be basically covering Jedi Crash, um, and I'm sort of excited. Oh, Are, yeah. Do you want to go over the business? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So follow us on all of the social medias, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook at DockingBay35. You can also email us anytime at DockingBay35 at gmail.com. So, Sharon, hopefully we could uh, follow our new format. We're going to try a 30-minute episode, see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. I I think we're still sort of figuring things out in terms of, like, what kind of a podcast we want to be. And I think I don't know. We'll we'll see how this goes. Um, if you have any feedback in terms of what you prefer as a listener, again, feel free to email us at dockingbay35 at gmail dot com. Otherwise, we're just gonna keep on changing things up. But yeah, the whims of of our well, if anything, like our whims. Yeah, <laughs> and our plunks and yeah. all the droids. Whatever um, the plunk droid wills it, it will be. Yes. Unless, unless if we record it, the plunks it. will come. Um, uh, but yeah. Racing. So wanna wanna go into our icebreaker before um, we get too into a tangent? Yeah. Well, first, just thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for sticking around, y'all. Uh, yeah. Let's go for it. Icebreaker. <laughs> oh, we lo- we love gratitude here. All right, for icebreaker. Okay, if you crash landed on an inhospitable planet, what three Star Wars themed things would you have on you and why? I know that Star Wars themed things is like sort of hard uh... to gauge, but but you you know, like a it needs to be like in strictly the Star Wars realm, like a lightsaber or whatever. Uh does Star Wars thing include Mandalorian just a whole armor set? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. A whole armor set, um, and then uh, you know, probably a lightsaber and/or a vibra sword, uh, and then food pellets. All the food pellets. Mm. All that's, that's so. Smart. Yeah, if I were a Mandalorian in the Star Wars universe, all of my pouches and pockets would be full of snacks. Mm. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You have so many pouches, of course some of them have to be snacks. Um, I don't know if it's mentioned in the podcast before, but I really like reading through um, the visual dictionary sometimes. And I remember going through episode 9 visual dictionary and it has, um, it like, I, 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 wonder, I wonder what the process is for the visual dictionary. Like, I wonder if the story team, like, actually, like, goes out of their way to, like, really, like, think about the nuance of, like, these things. But... Long story short, like, Poe Dameron, like, 
it says in the visual dictionary that's like it points to the exact pouches where he stores food um and i think it's just really it's really funny to me that it's like this is my food pouch this is my ammo pouch and this is my other food pouch and um, here's where i keep my detonators but it's mostly just food yeah I, I don't know i think that's cute um yeah, no, that sounds that that sounds smart. I I think I haven't really thought about the answer to this. Um, I guess I would say a jetpack, a trusty old blaster, and um, like a like a oh, and a cute droid companion to keep me company while I slowly go insane. From... Oh, that's clever. That's a good one. Yeah, I think a, a droid companion, like a like a BB unit or like a R2, I think that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I'd go BB unit, because it seems more all-terrain. Oh, that's true. I don't know. I mean, R2-D2 got pretty far in that desert, I'd say. True, and he could, He's... well, he could also, like, survive a swamp planet and, like, a lava planet. Yeah, yeah, I, I think R2 has gotten around. As long as things, um, I guess BB, like, BB units are faster. Like, they seem to really nyoom. Right, right, things. right. I love that um, about them, the nyoom. But I don't run that fast, and I would want to conserve <laughs> my jetpack fuel for, um, for cool tricks. So, yeah, anyways, um, the reason why I mention it is because, um, this episode is called Jedi Crash. Um, and it's it's an episode in which Anakin crash or basically about the crew crash lands on a on a planet that seems inhospitable at least in the beginning. Oh, you uh, mean they crashed on Madagascar? <laughs> it really does seem like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lerman are like the the creatures, and, and they they basically look like lemurs from Zabumafu. Oh my God, they are basically Zabumafu. Where's like... my Zabumafu Jedi? But they're really cool. Like they they got like cardigans and like a there's one with a beanie. Yeah, you can tell that that's the young one because it's hip. They're hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One has a a top a top braid. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Updo going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, this episode's directed by Rob Coleman and written by Katie Lucas, George Lucas's daughter. Yeah. I wonder if she had anything to do with, like, the Zabumafu characters. <laughs> she was like, Daddy, I love Zabumafu. I want a Zabumafu creature. And, and then George was just like, like mm, yes, uh, I think I can make this happen. <laughs> uh, we could totally add lemurs, but they have to, like, roll around like droidicas. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, so, um, actually, fun fact. Um, I, like, was reading into this, and it's, like, later down in the show notes that I wrote up. But um basically um like the the lemur characters on the show actually were supposed to be another creature. I think a creature that's like a little bit more swarzy. It's like this lizard thing and it like rolls up into a roly poly, which sort of makes more sense as to how it could sort of sonic the hedgehog into a ball like that. Like I wonder like when in the process they decided to change it to lemurs and why. Um, cause there's never really an explanation that I found in like the internet. Um, I'm telling but... you, Katie Lucas enjoyed <laughs> Zabumafu growing up and she was like, I want lemurs. 
and George Lucas was just like, mm, yes, that's a pretty good <laughs> idea. I think I'm going to put that in my show. I think that's a better theory than George Lucas Yeah, yeah. George yeah. Lucas loves his daughter, so now we have uh, Joy the Kalimers. Yeah, though, I mean, like, I will say, like, it's, it's sort of surprising how prolific Katie Lucas is. Like, I thought she just wrote, like, the Ambara, or not the Ambara arc. Like, I thought she wrote the Ambara arc, but actually she wrote, she wrote the Fives arc. Um, Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, she wrote, like, the arc in which, like, Fives, like, all the way down near the end of, like, the, the show. Um, the one where, like, Fives, um, you know, like, starts to realize that, like, the clones are chipped and that all these chips, like, are, have, like, this nefarious purpose or whatever. And, like, he was, like, starting to unravel, like, Palpatine's plan. That was written right. by Katie Lucas. And, um... Wow. And she's she's written, like, up to, like, 15 episodes um, of, like, the Clone Wars sporadically. She only writes Jedi Crash in this arc. Um, but, yeah, it's it's surprising how prolific she, she is, um... But she, but weirdly enough, she, I haven't heard her really be involved in anything else since the Clone Wars, which oh. I guess sort of makes sense because um, her father George Lucas sort of like sold the company. Right. Um, oh, so. that's kind of sad though because I don't know, like, if she wrote the Fives arc and like this episode, like, she definitely has like a like a like an action flavor, like a flavor for action. You know, like she's got her pulse on like how like the characters were interacting like a tricky situation you know like the way they uh communicate with uh ahsoka and like anakin in this episode pretty good like i didn't get any cringy moments between them yeah yeah i i really liked um like it was really interesting and i think maybe because it was katie lucas who was writing it i was like trying to pay more attention to it um and i think it's really sort of fascinating um it, like I, I feel like when, at least this episode and like the fives arc, I, I really feel like she's taking her time to like really pull at like um the sort of more of like the ambiguous like ethical philosophical questions about Star Wars, um right, and like it really shows in like at least um like in the lemur like, the lemur village person um, talking about, like, what it means to be neutral and, like, how that has served them and and sort of, like, getting, like, to the point where, like, he's starting to, like, question, like, why the Jedi are fighting and if right. that like, is, like, necessary. How could they evil. be peacekeepers if they are in the middle of a war? Yeah, yeah, and it's, um, and I feel like, um, maybe, like, the fact that she's the one to write it, um, I, I wonder how much of that, like, of, of like her listening to her father probably very passionately talking about like a lot of the more like um complicated things and and she's not really coming at it at like the surface level um but but really digging in deep it it's it's sort of um i really wish i could um i really wish i could sort of pick her brain on it or or listen in like if she's ever had a panel so i don't know um because i i think i really want to just like see more of her and it's like sort of encouraging you know to see more female writers like giving that kind of perspective um like i wonder if like she's also the reason why ayla sakura um was involved i know that she um i think it's like star wars trivia that she like actually played a um like a twi'lek character in attack of the clones Ooh. so i wonder if she has like a 
particular predilection to like Twi'lex or something. And that's who who doesn't like Twi'lek waifus? I don't know. I think it's weird sometimes. Oh my god, what's wrong with some Twi'lek waifu? Especially when they're like blue or like green or purple. I mean, I think <laughs> it, I, w I don't judge if people want to live their like cute like I want to be a freaky alien girl like that. That's nice. Um, <laughs> that's nice. But, Sharon, um, what if I told you I want to be a freaky alien girl? Uh, you could. I I would fully support you. But I think the 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 weirdness that comes with me maybe being like an extremely PC person or whatever is that like I I don't know like I I think up until like Rebels we did we always saw like Twi'lek women as like these like always like a stripper like you always see them in like posters like posed sexually oh my um, god yeah well that's the thing like when they were enslaved why 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 did why was the main thing like dancer yeah yeah no like, like why is that like... uh, why is that like one of the only options i could pick in star wars galaxies why yeah yeah i mean like it, it's just like sort of awkward how like it's like um like i don't think like it's i like when when people think of twi'leks like women i think it's not just that they think of them as like sexy alien i think that's that's not terrible but it's the fact that it's like enslaved sexy be my slave i'm your master kind of thing that gets like a little like icky for me um and also just like and, and i think that's why hera from like rebels is so cool because she's like dressed really conservatively and like she's um she's like she she like feels like a multifaceted person instead of like a like, I don't know, like, I thought Ula in, like, episode 5, she looks scared to be there, and she, like, dies really sadly. It's just, like, a... I don't know. It, like, it it never... It always gave me that icky kind of feeling. Um, but, I mean, Vinny, if you want to, like, paint yourself blue and, like, cinch yourself in to, uh, like, a person... Oh, yeah. I... I'm, I... I want you to be happy, and I and I love that you want to be a Twi'lek. Are you uh, ready to paint every single part of my body a color? <laughs> every single, just get under the crack, and like, <laughs> just get really in there. Yeah. Also, I mean, well, to, you. Let's you get into the fortune cookies. <laughs> Before we get to TMI. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well. Here we go. Okay. 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 The not episode fortune cookie. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Wow. That sure is right. Well, Sharon, I would walk a thousand miles to be the one that winds up at your door. If I could just see you tonight. <laughs> And by tonight, I mean, like, on Saturday. Yay! Yeah, I'm flying down to see your face for my birthday. If you die, you die. Yeah, I'm uh, taking Southwest from San Jose. And... Wait, you're still fl flying down from San Jose? You're not yeah. going to fly down? No, I'll be fine. I'm going to wear gloves and a cute face mask. 
Oh, Vinny, you should take Lysol wipes. I don't Lysol. know if I could take them with me on the plane, which kind of blows. I'll just wash my hands as soon as I get into the airport. Uh, maybe you could buy Lysol wipes at the TSA booth. Oh, I don't know. Maybe those are sold out. Um, Possibly. You could probably buy, if if they have them at like the dollar store or whatever, you could get like small Clorox that's just like a small packet. Yeah, like two dollars. Are they flammable? I don't know. The TSA is weird. Well, anyways, the episode fortune cookie is greed and fear of loss are the roots that lead to the tree of evil. Wow, the way to hit Anakin right on the frickin' nose. It's weirdly biblical too. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I see it. Like, no, yeah, exactly. Greed and fear of loss are the roots that lead to the tree of evil. Oh no, I think evil trees. It's very Jesusy. Um, but I, I don't know. It's sort of fascinating though, because you're right. It is like really descriptive of Anakin, but like Anakin is not the central character to this episode. Like he's he's like right. He's a background character. Of, like he he. Well, I don't know. It starts off super cool where Anakin literally jumps out of the transports, like, and Ahsoka's like, "Where are you going?" And Anakin's like, "To the ship." And, like, he jumps out, and, like, it's more epic. I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. But he jumps out of the the uh, transport and, like, jumps onto one of the super battle droids. And, like, they're flying in the air between, like, the Resolute and then whatever the heck Alistair's ship is. And it's on fire. And there's a hole that Anakin jumps through and, like clears like a whole squadron of these super commando droids by himself meanwhile like anakin and oh wait no sorry meanwhile ahsoka rex and some clones are still on the like it's crashing their troop transport is crashing because these flying commando oh, sorry these flying uh super uh super battle droids are uh like uh desolating this troop transport and one of the like pilots just gets away safely but like when the ship crashes he's taken out and it's sad why can't the pilot boys live <laughs> i don't know i don't know either like, can I you tell i like this episode though it's one of my faves yeah it's it's really action-packed like i was like i remember like getting to like the middle of this episode and being like wow like this episode's still going like there's so much action happening and like it's happening really quickly and really fastly paced um i think i don't know i thought it was really funny like because anakin like because i think it was intentional that like they were supposed to crash onto the the ship to like get there quickly because like ayla is clear ayla's ship is clearly like going to fall at any second um but I just think it's so funny. Like, Anakin's like, the ship crashing isn't fast enough. <laughs> like, I gotta get there faster. And so he, like, just... Like, yeah, just this is too slow. Off. We're crash. Oh, this isn't fast That's enough. Not I'll how jump. physics works, Anakin. <laughs> Jesus. He's a Jedi. He, he'll make it. Like, uh, he knew that the Force would guide him to the ship no matter what. And he, like... No, it's... It's, like, not about, like, guiding to the ship or whatever. It's the fact that, like, um, there's, like, a terminal velocity that, like, I don't think, like, the Force can, like, change that. That's not how the Force works. 
But then Katie Stop Lucas was like, that's totally how the Force works. Well, Hollywood doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's very, um, yeah, no, but like the pacing of this really quick. It's like really fast. Um, right. Like, I almost wish we would get like a remastered version of these episodes where it's like they would add like the extra few seconds so we could like sit on things. It's kind of like, uh, uh, it's kind of like the Rise of Skywalker, where you know, where like you get like a little taste of things, but you they don't let you like savor moments. So you, you get a little like besitos of things. Like it's just quick. It's like Mwah! really quick. It's a really yeah, quick I episode. Mean, Everything like it's paced super fast. Yeah, though I mean, like I don't think it's necessarily like Rise of Skywalker. I mean, probably because it's not an entire movie. Like it is like a, a TV episode, so it's not like. It's not like the end of the world if like things are happening really quickly because I think it it almost seems like, but you're I think, I agree with you in the sense that like it does feel like almost cinematic, like there's like just it's it's really dramatic I would say like everything is really high stakes. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah, it's and, very and sort of fascinating. Yeah, I but but I don't know I thought that the pacing was actually really nice and and it kept things like sort of interesting um and it it almost seems like a one eighty to the next episode which which is um which is a lot slower I feel um uh, yeah. well it's not that much slower but this one is just they need to get to the planet and they're gonna get there the whole no, Sakura's whole ship like crash lands no. No, 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 no. That's not how it happens. Um, they get onto this other troop transport. I forget. It's a Republic, like, uh, blockade runner? Um, anyways, yeah, they make it... They get Ayla Sakura, and they get her to the transport that's docking underneath Ayla Sakura's ship. And they barely make it. Anakin's like... Go, I'm right behind you, and like tries to stop the this explosion with the force, but it ends up blowing in his face, and Ahsoka needs to save him. And then that's not even the that's not even like the kisser because like the ship, like they end up getting everybody on the ship or at least as much many people as they can, but then the ship's uh nav computer gets stuck and they're forced into hyperspace and they're hurled towards like a star right yeah which like i had no recollection of i'm like wait they nearly fly into a sun or not a sun a star um yeah and they but uh they're ahsoka being a brilliant pilot uh manages to like save the day last second um piloting around the star but they're definitely going to crash onto that planet yeah i mean it's it's i think it's really funny that um like i feel like this this part was like sort of unnecessary and like made the stakes really high for no reason like they could have like in my brain and like also just like narratively speaking i feel like they could have just easily had it um crash land into the planet somehow and like but but i think it's like but i think it's also sort of fun that like they decided to throw that in there as like just another step within like this this whole episode like it really almost made this episode like feel like really long and and again cinematic and dramatic it was sort of cool yeah i mean it like it 
it's just quick. Like, that's only, like, the first five to ten minutes where you're just jumping from point to point. Um, and then they make it onto uh, the, the Subumafu planet. And, uh... Wait, before we get to that, um, I, I really wanted to share with you this fun fact. I, maybe you already know, but... Um... See, as you know, Anakin gets hit in the head, um, and like a he like gets like an oxygen mask, like while like the ship while he's being transported into the ship in like the back, um, and apparently like him having like the oxygen mask on, the the VFX person they made it so that they sounded like Darth Vader. Oh, that's Isn't hot. That interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, that was a really cool um, fun fact. But yeah. So So yeah, they uh somehow managed to avoid the star and they crash land on the planet Muridoon. And uh when they do Ahsoka's like Steve from Blues Clues and somehow figures out how like a whole like civilization ah a whole civilization like lives there. Somehow manages yeah. to like track them down. Yeah, and, like, meanwhile, in, like, the background, like, Rex and Anakin are sort of on their own, and they're, like, sort of, like, unwitting contestants to, like, Space Survivor. They just gotta, like, deal with, like, living out into the wilderness while Ahsoka and Ayla and Bly find, like, something. Um, I know, where did they get, like, a like a novelty, like, camp set? Like, I was like, oh, look at that, I'd sleep in no, there. No, it was, it was made by, like, the wreckage of, of the ship. <laughs> you can still see like the Aberash like on it. Um, oh, that's yeah. funny. It looks and like then... it's a little tent. Little, you can take a little siesta. <laughs> yeah, and then um, meanwhile, like I think it's uh, I really like this conversation that like Ahsoka and Ayla have. Like Ahsoka talks about like how she's confused about like how it's forbidden for Jedi to form attachments. And yet, like, how they're supposed to, like, be compassionate if they're not attached. Um, and, like, I think Ayla sort of hits it on the nose where she's like, you know, like, you could be attached to somebody, but you can't put that attachment in front of, like, a thousand lives just to save one. Because, like, that's exactly what Anakin does. And then, like, Padme, uh, right. like, by putting Padme first before anything. Right. And um, then at the end of the day, he pays for it. But but I like how Ahsoka still like tries to balance it within herself. Like she's like she like responds to Ayla by saying, like, maybe, but I don't think that that doesn't mean I can't try and save his life regardless kind of thing. And and I think it's really cool that Ahsoka, like, you really get to see like how she like develops her morals over time and and how she's developing specifically um not as Anakin, or not in like Anakin's shadow whatsoever, but really is is really turning into herself, and I think that's cool. Right, um, she's gonna eventually become one of them cool Jedi, not Jedi's. That's not a gray Jedi. We don't do yeah, that here. That that hip like gray Jedi thing. That's not a Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, totally not carrying um, gray lightsabers or whatever. Yeah. Um. So Zabumafu the tribe of neutralists um how do you feel about them uh the lermen are pretty cool like they're peaceful and like like they're more peaceful than the jedi and they're like come at me jedi you can't be more peaceful than me um like 
I don't know. Like, they're dragged in the middle of the Jedi per I mean, not purge. <laughs> they're dragged into the middle of this Republic uh, war, and uh, their leader, like, Tiwatka? T like, he's nice and all, but, like, his views are, like, so, like, harsh. And he's, like, harsh towards everyone who's not a Lerman and is just, like, See, you Jedi cause nothing but trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we'll get more into this in the next episode. But it, but it's, like, definitely, like, an interesting point of view where, um, like, because, like, to some extent, like, yeah, like, the Jedi are just as much participants um, in the war. Right. As, well, they, they the go separatists. to him, like, being like, please, we have somebody who's really injured. And, like, he wasn't going to help. But it wasn't. It was up to one of the other Lerman to be like, "Oh, I'll help," and then he no, becomes he like still... a droid cabal. No, 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 no. He still helps. Like he, he tells, he tells them that like his son, like he can't stop himself from helping somebody. So he, he's the one to offer his son, right, um, to take care of him. But, but yeah, I, but, but I definitely think yeah, like he's guarded in a way where like it also just doesn't make sense. But, but we'll get more into it in the next episode. But. We'll try and wrap it up for today um, to try and get it into this 30 minute chunk. I know. Wow, Sharon, we did it. 30 minutes. Uh, oh, it goes by so quick. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Let's uh, blow up this taco stand. Alright. Um, this is the way. This is the way. Thanks for listening. Ooh. Yeah. I have spoken. Copy that. Hangar 3-5 in half an hour. <laughs>